Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. To find out more, point your browser to www.princubator.com or look us up at Annika Jackson PR. I'm so excited to be back here for another week. I'm your host, Annika Jackson, here with Your Brand Amplified, and my guest today is Rhiannon Ruff from Lumino. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I love the name Lumino. It invokes so many different things. So I'd love for you to walk through your story and your backstory, and then what led you to your company today. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... My story is kind of an odd one. Um, I did not start out in PR and communications at all. I graduated in criminology and then I was working with a law firm in the UK and then I moved into HR after that. And when I moved to the US um, in 2010, a friend of mine was setting up a communications agency. It was just him at the time. And I joined him and I was doing all different types of content and very swiftly moved into specializing in Wikipedia. And that's basically what I ended up doing for the last 10 years is consulting different companies, individuals, organizations about how to approach Wikipedia. And over that time, the site changed. And so I was able to develop new ways of, of helping folks through that process. And then last year, myself and my partners decided that we wanted to kind of start out our own firm, um, kind of take that step on our own. Um, and so we founded Lumino and we wanted to do something where, you know, I think like you say, like it really evokes, it's like a happy name, right? Lumino, we wanted to bring a lot of light, kind of um, educate folks, give people like a, a happy moment in their day dealing with us. So that's really our philosophy is that you know, whatever our clients are dealing with, when they come to us, we want to try and like lighten their day a little bit. And I continue to, to work on Wikipedia here at Lumino. Um, that's my main day-to-day focus as well as like, of course, you know, you end up doing all the operational <laughs> stuff when you're a small agency too. Oh, yes. Uh, very familiar with that. I'm always <laughs> like looking at, okay, what can I get done operationally and for the business? And then what do I need to do for the clients? Oh, but that's yeah. one of the things when we started um, first talking that I loved is that you were very straightforward about the process. I think mm-hmm. people think it's a lot, it's very easy to get a Wikipedia page and everybody yeah. wants one. But the reality is that there are certain steps you have to take and certain things that you need to do. And I imagine that your varied background helped you really contextualize and think about the process and, you know, taking all of your other businesses and learnings into creating the process and the workflows for how people can be successful with Wikipedia. Definitely. It's a lot of, um, I would say, balancing different things. You know, you want to balance priorities. You want to balance what's possible to say about your company legally. You Mm. want to balance what you can do, um, you know, when you're writing about an individual, for instance. Uh, A lot of the time, what we're doing is making sure that there is an understanding there about what Wikipedia means. You know, once you have an article on Wikipedia, it is really you know, it's it's an open source platform. Mm-hmm. Anyone can go in and edit it. So it's a very different undertaking to creating your own website where you can decide the next week, I don't want that anymore mm-hmm. and you can take it down. So it's kind of two sides of it. It's like one is knowing all those steps to actually get there, to having a Wikipedia article in the first place, 
like you said, it's a process. There are things you need to have. You've got to have a sufficient level of media coverage. It has to be a type of media coverage that Wikipedia is looking for. Mm. So it can't be sponsored content, content. It can't be blogs. It can't be contributor pieces or thought leadership. It really has to be journalistic coverage mm. and really solid sources um, that's talking about your company or your organization, or if it's a page for you, about you personally. So you've got to get that type of sourcing first of all. And then you have to make sure that it's written in a way that Wikipedia's volunteer community is going to appreciate. So it cannot be this glowing thing that's like, you know, company X is the best ever at creating their product and they've sold over 20 million units and um, there's never been a single problem and it's the most amazing Mm. (laughs) thing ever. It really has to be a lot more factual. It has to be a lot more like the company was founded on this date. It's developed over time. Um, And the other thing that I think a lot of people get tripped up on is that you can't make any statements that are forward looking. So it can't Mm. be about what the company aims to or intends to do. It has to be very much what it has done, um, what has been achieved. So that's that's all all kind of rolls into it. So getting that that article in the first place is is that you know this this sort of slower process than a lot of people would expect. Mm-hmm. Building up that coverage, getting to the point where you have enough to write this really factual history about yourself, and then putting that together, and then you've got to submit it for the volunteer community to review. Hmm. Um, so Wikipedia it's a volunteer community run encyclopedia. Best to think of it as being this kind of community project versus like a platform. There's no staff. There's no one who's like working there whose job it is to do this stuff. They're all volunteers who are doing this just because they enjoy it. So you you have to kind of, you really think about that. Like, you know, they're not beholden to anyone. They can, you know, they can review your draft or not. So you want to make it as appealing to them as possible, fitting mm-hmm. within the, the guidelines. And they want you to be transparent as well. Uh, I think this is another misconception a lot of companies have is that they think that they have to kind of skirt around the rules somehow or like hide their involvement. But actually what the site's community want is for you to be upfront to say, mm. hi, I'm here on behalf of company X. I work for the company. They've asked me to submit this draft about them and do it that way. Wow. Because then the community is aware of that conflict of interest. They can check, is this article written in a biased way or not? And then they can decide, you know, are there things that need to be altered to make it um, more neutral? Um, Or is it good to go? Can we take this article live? Is it ready for the encyclopedia? Interesting. There's such a level of complexity that I never would have guessed to this. Are are there some categories that are easier? For instance, if somebody is a musician or a politician versus an entrepreneur, Oh, absolutely. I would say entrepreneurs is one of the most difficult in some ways because Wikipedia is so used to being misused uh, by folks who just see it as like, okay, that's my next place that I need to have my profile. Like, you know, I've got my LinkedIn set up. I've created my website. I've got my profile on Crunchbase, wherever it may be. And now I want a Wikipedia article. And they are not looking to be a promotional site. They are not Mm -hmm. looking to be hosting someone's CV um, for, you know, their their next opportunities or for potential speaking opportunities and things like that. They want to be 
an encyclopedia that's talking about people who've risen to a level of you know public interest so they're really looking for like has the media been interested in you have they written about you because you've done something that's kind of drawn that attention mm-hmm. you know did you write a book that was a bestseller and, and therefore you've got this coverage um did you do something like brand new at the company you're working at and change things and therefore you got coverage because of that so entrepreneurs really have it hard because <laughs> they have to like they have to get that media attention somehow it has to be about them not about their company so we've talked to a lot of business people who've risen up to a level where they're like super senior in their their organizations but they've just been working yeah, they've just been doing their thing and they've kept a low media profile. And then suddenly they're like, oh, I think I should have a Wikipedia article. And they haven't really worked on that media coverage at all because it just hasn't been on their radar. So that they're one of the toughest. Like that's wow. the that's the hard one. But yeah, so for musicians, actors, um academics, politicians, athletes, there are separate rules because they have different types of notability. Um, so they, they, they have different types of eligibility for Wikipedia. So they, you know, the Wikipedia community is like, well, you know, if you're an actor, you don't necessarily have to have received like a, as much coverage if, for instance, you've had like a major role in um, a large production. Mm. Um, so say like you, you've really kept a low profile, like you haven't been in very much, probably like, Maybe you're a child actor. This is your first role, but you're in like a huge hit. Like, you know, you're in like the biggest blockbuster of the year. You were in the lead role. You qualify for a Wikipedia article. Interesting. That's how that would work. Like they wouldn't say like, okay, we've got to wait for this person to have media coverage off the back of this. They'd be like, okay, there's enough there. Probably couldn't have a very long Wikipedia article. (laughs) It's not that much, but yeah. And then, you know, athletes. Um, have they been in uh, one of the the major leagues, major kind of sports organizations? Um, have they taken part in um, a large competition? So, you know, any of the, the folks who are competing at the Olympics, they may have a Wikipedia article. Oh, okay. And academics, they also have their own separate set of rules. So again, like, you know, it's quite rare for there to be a lot of media coverage about an academic unless they've been up to no good. So, um, so Wikipedia said, well, academics are interesting people. They're Mm -hmm. doing really fascinating stuff. They really should be allowed to have Wikipedia articles, right? Like there should be some um, some presence for them on Wikipedia. So they have a separate set of rules where if they have made a large contribution to an area uh, of work, um, if they've received a medal, if they have a a named chair Mm -hmm. at a Mm -hmm. university, things like that. So yeah, there's there's these different things that you can use instead if you have those types of professions. Wow. But, yeah. What is the most surprising thing that came up has come up when you've taken somebody through the Wikipedia journey? Oh if, you, if you can share something, you don't have to name names. <laughs> <laughs> the most surprising. Um, I think it was probably so um a while back we I can't name a name, but we we helped with the prominent wife of a a former politician, and she had gone on to do a lot of work, a lot of you know philanthropy and art and things like that. And it was just surprising how hard we had to fight to get philanthropist as hmm. part of the description for her Wikipedia article. 
And I learned a lot through doing that process that sometimes Wikipedia editors will choose to make an editorial decision that isn't necessarily tied directly to sources, but is more in terms of like a general social understanding of what something should be. And so from that point onwards, whenever I've come up against this question before, because you you can imagine like Mm -hmm. a lot of high profile people, they give a lot of money to charity or they've, you know, set up their own foundation, things like that one of the first things they ask for is, can I be listed as a philanthropist? So quite Mm -hmm. often I've had to have that discussion of, I don't think you can, and here is why. Um, And it's really just because, yeah, like I said, sometimes Wikipedians can just decide, like, actually, no, like you may be described as a philanthropist in all these different sources, Mm -hmm. but they feel that philanthropy has to be more than that. It can't just be giving a certain amount of money. Right. I think one Wikipedia editor explained it during that first process I was mentioning as being like, unless you are at the Bill Gates level, <laughs> um, you can't be listed as a philanthropist, no matter how many sources say that you are. Right. And I was that really surprised me because I'd always thought pr- before then I had. I think this was probably only like a few years into consulting about Wikipedia. I'd always thought before then, well, as long as we have, you know, a certain number of sources that say this, we're good to go. But sometimes these decisions do come around most like that, that feel of whether something should be included or not, which yeah. is, it's difficult to explain to people. That makes a lot of sense, having worked a lot in that area of philanthropy yeah. in different cities uh, and the number, sure number of people who consider themselves philanthropists because oh my goodness, they do one thing, you know, they chair one event a year, whatever it is. So that makes a lot of sense. This is so fascinating. I'm really enjoying learning more um, about the whole process. So I want to change direction a little bit and talk about what inspires and motivates you. Oh my goodness. So many things. I think the the main thing is it honestly is a joy for me to learn new things and to share learnings with people. Mm. So sometimes I can be in the, the midst of telling someone something about Wikipedia and realizing that for them, this is a breakthrough. Like they have never thought about it this way. This has like changed their whole mindset towards it, or it's really like cleared up an issue that they've had. And that really is fantastic. I feel like I've done my job well if I'm explaining something, even if I'm just saying the same thing I've said, like literally the day before to someone else. <laughs> um, but for this person, it's like the it's clicked. I, I've got it finally. I know why. Um, or like I get the next step. And and that that's really wonderful. I love that so much. That's such a yeah. great feeling just to like be part of that moment. Wonderful. So what's next for you and Lumino? building our team. Um, Mm. We are, I have to say, like, I I just want to share this because I think that a lot of people right now are seeing like the, you know, the hiring process is like a very scary thing, especially if you're a small business, you're probably looking at all these headlines, like, you know, there's so few people and everywhere's trying to hire and here's all the things you have to do if you want to get great candidates. Mm -hmm. I have never been part of a hiring round that has received applications from such high caliber candidates they have all been wonderful and this is an entry-level role so we're not hiring for someone who's like four or five years in where we were expecting Hmm. like you know um, a huge amount of experience and things like that so you, you kind of like we were like 
we open all comers, you know, <laughs> we went into this process very much like if it's a fresh grad and they have no idea what they're doing in the professional world, we're going to be open to them. But I would say every application we received was very nicely put together. Um, the folks that we've actually talked to have been just simply wonderful. Um, we're about to go through our second round of interviews and I'm just terrified for the decision point because um, <laughs> that's going to be so hard because they've all been really great. So that I, I think if, if anyone listening to your, your podcast is um, kind of in that that point of like, OK, I need new help at my, my agency, um, I'd say don't be scared. And especially if you're able to offer remote, um, that seems to be like the magic. So absolutely just, you know, we've gotten just amazing responses. Well, I love that. And that's really, there's so many things that I think are the wave of the future that have been talked about in the periphery for a long time. One of them very much being remote work and we all were forced to, but like you, I built up my company during the pandemic and I've pledged to keep us all remote. And, you know, if people are in town, we'll get together, of course. And the people who live here, will try to meet up um, to do some work in person, but it just creates just peace like it makes me feel much more peaceful knowing that I can kind of manage my personal life a little more while I am still getting all of the work done that I need to get done. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we've been remote the whole time. And I think you know, the last year was was really amazing seeing how people were just kind of realizing, okay, it's totally legitimate to be remote. Yeah, like, exactly. I think before last year, like the number of times I had to defend the fact that we were a distributed team was just crazy. And it felt silly. It's like in this modern workplace, like where we have all of these tools available to us, you're sitting in an office and using Slack to talk to someone who's the other side of the room. Yeah, exactly. like, why is it more <laughs> strange and seeming like less legitimate if I'm doing that with my colleague who's in Oregon and I'm here in Ohio? Like it, um, yeah, it was definitely really frustrating there. And I think a lot of people are a lot, a lot more cognizant of like how productive you can be mm-hmm. when working remotely and how many more people you're accessing who are highly skilled and who are really great individuals if you open up to remote workers. Yeah. So nice. I'm I'm a big advocate for remote work, as you can tell. Yeah. Oh no, me too. Me too. I think now I've realized though, okay, let me only hire people in the States that I already have people in because dealing with all the paperwork, (laughs) that's been, the people have been fantastic. It's just dealing with each state's individual, you know, rules and regulations and making sure we have the right forms filled out to make sure we have, you know, yeah, everything set up. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. My previous agency at one point we had, um, we had just over 20 people and we were in like 11 or 12 States. And I was, I can't, I can't do this anymore. There's too many States, but now I'm just like, I've done that before. It's okay. It's just another, it's another form to file. It's okay. (laughs) Figure it out. And well, you find it, all the different tools that can help you with that too. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I like so much in this virtual world is there are so many companies that mm-hmm. focus on those things. I mean, but there are also a lot of other companies that focus on Wikipedia. I think yes. the difference is with your company is that you're not trying to do a hard sell. When yeah. I've brought you clients, you say, this is why they're eligible or this is why they're not eligible. And here's what they need to do before, before you would work with, before I would work with you, right? You say, okay, we've done an evaluation. 
here's the process, come back to us when you have some of this. And that's so refreshing. You're not trying to say, oh yes, we're going to do this for you right now. And this is, you know, we're going to, it's going to cost this exorbitant amount of money. You're just very realistic and pragmatic and I, and it's so refreshing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that. I, I think um, it's super important to us that we're not leading people on and that we're not just taking money for the sake of it. Um, that's something that you know, all of us as partners in the firm feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we want to do quality work and we want to genuinely help our clients. And we can't help someone if we are offering to do something that isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And so we try to be really honest about that. Like if they have a goal and it's not attainable for them, then that's something that we're going to flag for them and let them know. Um, and, and likewise, you know, if there's, if it's going to be, if it's attainable, but it's going to be a rocky road, we want them to know that too. Mm. So we, we try to be really upfront about it, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people come to us when they've had a bad experience as well. Oh. So we tend to be like, you know, we're, we're pragmatic, but we're also like, we're, we're counselors as well. We're very much like, you know, tell me about your woes. So sorry that you've had this terrible time with these other folks. There are so many Wikipedia firms out there who will just say yes and take the money and put together something that they have no idea if it's going to work or not. And they don't care. Mm. They're going to force it onto Wikipedia and then it'll probably be deleted very shortly thereafter, at which point. They're just like, oh, I'm sorry. It just turns out that the community don't accept it. And that's it. And they just move on. Wow. Yeah, and, that's hard. And at that point, like, you know, the, the client has put their resources and time into it. And that's so frustrating. I, I, I hope that that's, that's one of my main goals as well. It's like, you know, can I stop people from getting duped by these terrible companies yeah. who will just do this? And I'm sure that there are folks where this works for them. Um, and they do get a Wikipedia article and, and it does stick around, but there's just so many more of them where this goes poorly and their page is flagged or it's deleted. Mm. And that, that's a big problem. So, you know, if you're considering working with someone, um, always make sure that they're talking to you about Wikipedia's terms of use mm. um, and the site's guidelines. And they're talking about doing things transparently and they can show you how they've done it before. Mm-hmm. I think that's the secret. Like if you can ask them, like, can you show me an example of this and how you've done this transparently? Like that's really important. Wonderful. And if somebody wanted to find out how to work with you or about your upcoming job opportunities or anything else, where would they go? Oh, you can find us on all the usual places. So we have our website at luminodigital.com. We are also very active on LinkedIn. Um, You can find our company, Lumino, there. Um, You can also find myself, Rhiannon Ruff, or any of my partners, Jenny Kahn, Andrew Burnett, Sherry Cook. We're all big LinkedIn users. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, that's how we met. (laughs) It was on LinkedIn. (laughs) Okay, and then going to throw you a little curveball. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Yes. Oh gosh. Oh, you're probably going to have to edit this while I like sit here and like think <laughs> for 20 minutes about what my favorite one is. Um, uh, the secret to life is low expectations and your own bag of chips. Ooh. I think it's a really old Dilbert quote, and I had it up on my wall when I was a teenager. And I, I think only like being a you know an, an adult in my late 30s, I realized like how incredibly true this is. <laughs> Just you know don't be kind of 
expecting the whole world to be handed to you and always bring your own chips and you'll be fine. Nice. I love those words of wisdom. And <laughs> is there is there anything else that you would want to share with our audience today? Um, sure. Uh, I would say if you are looking to get any help with Wikipedia, you do not have to work with Lumino, uh, but always make sure that you are looking into the site really carefully first um, and spend your time up front doing all of the um, things like getting your media coverage and sorting out your other digital presence first. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia is your last stop, not your first one. So get your other digital presence sorted out first, get your LinkedIn, get your crunch base, all of those things and work on that fabulous organic media coverage with someone like Annika. Oh, well, thank you. I love the plugs for PR. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was a really engaging, eye-opening conversation and I loved having you on. And audience, thank you so much for joining us today and learning all things Wikipedia. And I will be back again next week. Want more tips and tricks? Check us out online at www.annikapr.com, on social media at Annika Jackson PR, or join our three-month PR Incubator Bootcamp for small businesses via www.princubator.com.